The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. I am joined this Wednesday morning by Colin Drew for our game-by-game show uh this is the first reduced slate that we are going to have only 10 games this sunday on DraftKings and FanDuel. we have bye week sitting we have another london game i believe we are we're sending urban meyer and the jacksonville jaguars over there um you know it's just it's like we gave them jets falcons and i i believe it's titans jags so it's like what we must hate we must really hate the uh the british so we we only have a 10 game slate this week yeah, I think it'll be interesting. Uh, also, you know, there are some unclear injury situations, but I don't think there was like immediate value that uh, that we saw. And so a short slate without like immediate value is also pretty interesting. Um, but I think there's enough good spots and, you know, probably one or two that grab most of the attention. But I think there's a few teams with pretty solid game environments this week. Yeah. So we, we had these 10 games, and I think as a result of that, uh, that diminished number of slates or the diminished number of games, this first game, the Kansas City Chiefs at the Washington football team, I'm, I'm guessing that the combination of the CEH injury and the, 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 the pure desperation that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to have to play with in every game the remainder of the season, I think that you know most weeks we talk about the 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 jedi bell curve meme with the chiefs i actually don't think that's true this week i think that we are going to see mahomes tyreek and kelsey be close to the most popular that they are going to be all season in this uh this slate do you do you think well with i'll add that with a caveat that we get a couple value plays that make that possible if we don't get any like 5k running back that we want to jam, it's going to be a little bit harder. Yeah. I, I mean, I think I generally agree with you. The Mahomes double with both players is pretty price prohibitive, but I could see a lot of people approaching it with one or the other. Um, and then maybe mixing in like a Michael Hartman type, or maybe just single stacking Mahomes. So I, I do think it's going to be popular. I think the ability to bring it back on the football team side with Ricky Seals Jones or Terry McLaurin. I think those guys might grab some ownership as well. And just the pricing right now is tough. And so just if you run optimals for game script or uh, for game stacks in our optimizer, you get a good amount of Taylor Heineke as well, just because Heineke, McLaurin, Seals Jones, all values, and then the bring back on the Chiefs. So I, I think a combination of all those factors will put some ownership, I guess, with Tyreek, I think the, the question marks are just like 
if you can only pay up for one wide receiver, are people going to pay up for Terry Kill or they can pay up for, you know, Devontae Adams? He's getting like 40, 45 percent of the team's targets on a week to week basis. And um, so Tyreek is uh, his ceiling. We have this, the highest on the slate, just a little bit more volatile with him because it can go to Kelsey in any individual week. Are you worried at all about Tyreek's injury or do you think he'll be fine practicing this week? I think as long as he, I think as long as he gets like a Friday practice in um, it, it, it seems fine. And I mean, the, the, the thing that I am optimistic about is, you know, I would be hoping that the removal of Clyde Edwards Hilaire from the offense is going to mean that they're like, I, I mean, honestly, close to like a 75, 25 pass to run ratio or something like that, even at, uh, you know, even while leading or whatever, but also uh, I, I was saying this yesterday on the waiver wire show. I think without CH, we're also going to see a lot more of the jet sweep stuff, the weird pistol stuff with like Tyreek and Hardman in the backfield. Like I, I think that CH being out does increase the touch expectation for Tyreek and Hardman. Yeah, maybe, maybe a little bit. And like Hardman now is prices down at 4,200. So on a tough slate, and if Tyreek's limited or, you know, there's a chance of aggravating injury in game, like Hardman is still getting like 17, 18% of the team's targets and run routes, like on the majority of the dropbacks. So I, I think Hardman's a pretty good play almost. Regardless. I think Hardman might end up in cash game lineups. Like I haven't run optimal stuff yet, but it would not surprise me. I mean, what, he's got 20 targets the last two weeks? I don't think CEH is quite as big of a deal as you. Uh, like, I don't think they really changed their approach when CEH went down. Um, last week, like, I'm a little bit more bullish on Darrell Williams than you are. Not that he's, like, squarely in play or anything, but... He, he might it, be, like, though. He, he might it, be like, the 50, answer. Yeah, we have it 50% of the carries for him, 25 for McKinnon, but it wouldn't shock me at all if he got 65 70%, and McKinnon mixed in in the passing game, but that Darrell Williams played the majority of snaps. Well... I mean, after CH got injured, I saw Graham Barfield tweeted this yesterday. It was 24 snaps to eight snaps between Daryl and between McKinnon. And I mean, you know, we, we was, all, that, that was like the best McKinnon environment that they could possibly have. And I, I think if Jarek McKinnon was just named somebody else, like if we didn't have all of these memories tied to Jarek McKinnon and he, he wears, no, <laughs> and he wears no number one, bro. <laughs> I have lots of good memories attached to him. I feel like we would just be like, yeah, Jarek McKinnon is just, he's, he's totally nothing at this point, but yeah, I mean, Daryl, Daryl certainly is a good play. Uh, I mean, the, the guy from the Washington football team who is, I, I think just a, an easy jam is Ricky Seals Jones at 3000 guy played all snaps, but one the last two weeks with Logan Thomas out, he got eight targets. He had a 40 yarder called back last week and he was targeted in the end zone twice. I mean, I just think he, he is just uh, a total jam at tight end. Definitely expect him to be the most popular tight ends on the slate. And then, I mean, same thing. Terry McLaurin is just consistently seeing 30% target share. It's, it's been up um, even since Heineke kind of took over. And I think Heineke has been known to latch on to one player, one side of the field. And so uh, McLaurin, I think is another really strong play in the slate. And especially if it's a game script where they're going to have to be throwing a lot from behind. Yeah. Um, all right. The chargers at the Baltimore Ravens, I guess that I expected the total for this game to be higher. Cause these offenses have been going ballistic. I mean, the chargers go ballistic. Lamar has 450 yards and four touchdowns. So if ownership is low on this game, this is definitely the game that, that I am coming after because Herbert is 
reasonably priced at 7,300 on DraftKings. I mean, Lamar at 7,400 with Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews at 5,900 and 5,200. And the, I, the big thing is the Ravens have just given up on running the ball. They're like, like they're just looking at Latavius Murray and Devonta Freeman and Tyson Williams. Like, what's the point? Like, well, there's just no need for this. Um, so I, I, I think Lamar, honestly, like it feels like you can double stack him maybe for the first time in his career. Yeah, I mean, the double stacks definitely got there against the Colts, like uh, Hollywood and Andrews both with two touchdowns. And Sammy Watkins got aggravated his hamstring or injured his hamstring in that game. We don't know the severity of it. He does have kind of a history with in- injuries that linger. And so if he's out as well, that's going to condense the targets. It's possible they would activate Rashad Bateman for the first time. Um, I but, think that's happening for sure. I think they yeah. said they were, they were saving. If I read the stuff correctly, I think they said they were saving him. So they wouldn't have to play him on a pitch count that, that he would be like basically ready to go for this chargers game. Well then, I mean, a combination of that plus the Watkins injury, it'll be interesting to see what kind of role he sees. Cause he's just $3,000. And so um, a little bit of unknown for sure. Just the, the Ravens can go rush heavy if they get ahead by quite a bit. And the chargers have mostly been giving it up on the ground. Um, but that's right. They do dare you to run, but I don't, does that work against Lamar? Does daring Lamar to run again? Does that work? Yeah. It seems like it could for sure backfire. Uh, so yeah, I mean, definitely some compelling options in this game. I do agree. Like the, the price on Mike Williams is jarring. So um, p- people are still a little hesitant to, chase that one compared to he'll Tyree be five Kill, he'll be five percent for sure yeah, kind of like uh cooper cup that week yeah yeah and cup at least people had had like a couple years of history of you know playing him like mike williams i think is taking the fantasy world a little bit by storm yeah uh i mean do you think that the, like i would imagine that uh you you were thinking of this as kind of like an all-time buy spot on keenan allen to be like let's get keenan allen in this potential shootout 6500 no he's one's good, on him he's still seeing like the same amount of targets he's always seen maybe it's you know 26 percent instead of 30 percent. but he's definitely got a you know 800 and a touchdown game coming too so they're both good they're both good options yeah uh, i would say like the i think the Ravens historically have been thought of as like a scary defense, but they're the, terrible. Like what? I mean, they gave up almost 40 points to the chiefs gave up what 25 to the Colts, more than 30 points to the Raiders. So, um, and the only offenses that they've really held in check were the, the Broncos and the lions. So it, it could be a pretty good spot to stack the chargers too. I think, I think both teams, um, I think both teams are, are, really good stack options because like look and uh again this can change as we get to the weekend but the all the ownership stuff looks pretty reasonable on them yeah i also i also like the fact that well especially the chargers but i feel like both coaches are willing to get weird if they have to like it could play out exactly the same way the game did last week where they're just going for it on every fourth down and going for two like exactly yeah yeah that that was that was kind of my thought as well. Uh, so from a really interesting game to a game where I don't want to play anybody, the Houston Tech. Well, that's not true. Houston Texans at the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, I, I guess it is unfortunate that Jonathan Taylor um, just came off of that performance on national TV when everyone was watching, but he is only priced at sixty six hundred, and he's a, a stone cold jam. 
Yeah, I mean, he's definitely a, a solid play. I don't know if I don't know if like Stone Cold Jam is there. Uh, the red zone he's Stone Cold Jam is, for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the red zone usage is great. So I definitely the fact that they're consistently feeding him there. I mean, one of the plays last week, seventy yard touchdown cast. Like he's still losing work to Marlon Mack, Naheem Hines. So um, like it's it's not like he's seeing like eighty percent snap share or anything, which I think he's a good value, but. Uh, Good matchup, obviously, but I wouldn't be surprised if they continue to mix in all three of those guys. I mean, I think all three guys will be mixed in, but even if we give Jonathan Taylor 18 carries and three targets, he he probably gets the bonus and a touchdown, and he's 6,600, right? Yeah. yeah, there's some interesting options this week. He's kind of priced in the same same area as um, – DeAndre Swift, Darrell Henderson. I like those well, both those Pitt, guys as well. Pitt, Pittman is probably the more he would be the I, our our ownership percentages are not updated because it's still the showdown stuff running. But I would guess that Pittman will be I don't know four to five percent or something like that. And I mean he he just looks like a grown ass man. Yeah, yeah. I think he'll get a, a fair bit of run too. I I think like last week was the buy low spot, but he was in the the showdown spot. Um, Cause he had been getting all the volume, but he hadn't really put together the ceiling performance. And now he's like off of that ceiling performance. He's still priced in the same area. You're kind of getting that effect on both Jonathan Taylor and Pittman this week. Uh, Texans are pretty ugly. I think the Texans D you could like possibly consider at 2200. Um, but that's, that's really the only place I'd be looking. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not looking at any, at any Houston. I mean, if you, if you need, uh, Chris Conley to win the Millie, I guess that means I, I won't be winning the million dollars. <laughs> All right. The Cincinnati Bengals at the Detroit lions. So a couple things that we are weighing here. The first is that the pricing between T Higgins, Tyler Boyd and Jamar chase would indicate that they, uh, should be close in terms of target projection, but Tyler Boyd actually has only had an 18% target share in the games where both Chase and Boyd have been active, and we have him a little bit above that. So I think you could even reasonably argue that we are a little bit lower on T and Chase's market share than we should be or, or could be. The other thing is that Joe Mixon was banged up last week but he looked fine when he was playing and they were still playing Samaj Pirine on all the passing downs. Pirine got four targets on, I think he only ran like uh, 12 routes or something. Uh, Mixon did score a touchdown to kind of save his fantasy day, but it looks like the, maybe they are having second thoughts about that role. They were playing him in the first three weeks of the season where he was getting all the running back touches. Yeah. I don't know if it's necessarily second thoughts because he was legitimately questionable going into that game. Like for a while, they thought his injury was going to be week to week. Like we were projecting Samaji P Ryan and Evans to split the backfield. So um, even if he looked fine, like they were still probably trying to make sure he left the game in a place where he could still play this week. So practice reports, I think will be pretty key, key here. Yeah. It's something that could linger. And if he's limited in practice all week, still going to play. I expect it to be a split backfield. Um, but we also had some similar concerns with Darrell Henderson and he ended up stepping into like a full workload. So um, if Mixon ends up practicing in full this week, I think we would probably want to shift some of the rush um, share back towards him and away from Pete Ryan. Yeah. And uh, I mean, he might not even play because he is on the COVID list. I, I don't know Samaj Pirine's Ryan's vaccination status or anything, but also yeah. That was something that they talked about, like, oh, if you know, if you're vaccinated and you get the negative test, you can come back and play. But the two big 
guys that we know have been vaccinated and then didn't end up Gerald Everett and Antonio Brown, both of them ended up missing. Um, so I, I would actually think maybe it's a little bit less likely that, uh, that P Ryan plays. So chase Higgins Boyd, you know, obviously very easy matchup for them here. I, I feel like this has just got to be the buy spot on, on T Higgins. Cause his peripherals are, are fine. It's just chase is scoring all the touchdowns. Yeah, I definitely think so. I think that's a pretty good call. Um, and I mean, the, with the way that the pricing's structured this week, I think he'll carry some some degree of ownership. He's not going to be one of the most popular players on the slate. I think Chase um, will be considerably more popular. Yeah, Chase will will definitely be more popular. All right, the Detroit Lions, Swift. Uh, I mean, I t- honestly, Swift looks like the only playable Detroit Lion. Like uh, all of that stuff we thought about them being aggressive, passing the ball when they were down. It just looks like completely fluky and lucky. Uh, in that game against the 49ers Hawkinson's I mean uh, TJ Hawkinson's target share over the last several games so he starts out the season with 11 and 9 two targets eight targets three targets I mean he just is he's just another guy like you know it's 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 not good the the Lions passing game is not a buy spot yeah definitely I mean Swift is getting like 20 percent of the team's targets and still receiving a good amount of rushing work and red zone work I think there's like uh, some formats where you could consider playing Jamal Williams. He's kind of priced the same as um, Darrell Williams is. I think, you know, just the way that the pricing is structured this week, there's not like another back below 5K. I think you're really considering like he's got the same price tag as like Tyson Williams, AJ Dillon. Um, So I guess I could see like a scenario in some formats where I consider Jamal Williams, but yeah, mostly interested in Swift and, no core plays from the lion side. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I have no interest. I mean, maybe a Monroe say Brown, I guess I could, I could, because Quintus Cephas is out. Tyra Williams is out. So St. Brown is, is the number one wide receiver. Maybe you could, you could throw I, some darts on him. I'm not even sure you can consider him the number one wide receiver like this. I mean, Khalif Raymond, like whatever, Cutter Hodge, Trinity Benston, like, yeah, maybe St. Brown's the number one, but it's still just like, they've got a, enough bad bodies out there. They don't seem to be honing in on one wide receiver consistently week to week. Yeah. Um, all right. Next game, I guess we gotta, you gotta make some decisions because it is the Los Angeles Rams at the New York giants. And the decision you have to make is can Mike Glennon pelt Kadarius Tony with the ball 20 times because Kenny Galladay is out. Um, I'm leaving Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton out of the projections to be honest, I don't really think the difference between Colin Johnson and Darius Slayton matters when Mike Glennon is the quarterback. The, the only thing that matters is, is Kadarius Tony like a 23% target share? Is he like a 28% target share? And can the Giants even string together enough drives for that to matter? And then also, um, you know, Devonta Booker, if, even in this terrible spot, if Booker plays 85% of the snaps, he's still probably um a value and then the rams have like six guys who are in play yeah it's it's pretty ugly um i guess on the giant side the injury news that would be most relevant to me would be i guess whether or not shepherd was going to be active just because I, I do think to some degree he would hurt tony's role a little bit more than like slayton would so that's one and then yeah daniel jones taking the the hit 
with a concussion last week. I don't know if he's been officially ruled out, but I, I assume we won't know that until Friday just with the concussion protocol. Yeah. Yeah, I would assume so. Yeah. I don't. I think at the price tag for Tony, it's probably too prohibitive. Um, like he is seeing good volume, but um, I think the combination of the team total, bad quarterback play, and I mean, that level of volume is probably not sustainable, even considering all the injuries at the position. So uh, probably off of him. I think the the Rams side of th- things like I think Darrell Henderson is probably the guy I was most interested in when I opened up the slate he's kind of right there in the same price range as Robert Woods but the price tag on all these guys is pretty reasonable with the exception of Cooper Cup has been priced up Stafford very affordable in the spot Robert Woods very affordable Henderson 6k um, I think he'll continue to see the majority of the work I think we're a little bit high on the market share of rush touchdowns for Sony Michelle just based on the role he had when he was with the Patriots I'm not sure that is going to carry through but um, yeah, so I like Darrell Henderson as one of the top running back plays this week. Prefer him slightly over Jonathan Taylor at a cheaper price. I mean, look, if Daryl Henderson is able to just not leave for two drives here as a result of like getting nicked up, he's just, he's got to be, I mean, he's had 10 days since the Seahawks game where I don't even remember what the report was. Like, I don't even remember. I just know that he left for a drive and they gave Sony Michelle like nine carries on the drive where, where Henderson was on the sideline. But I agree with you. The so the the question I have in terms of ownership is what 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 is what are people going to do with Robert Woods? Do people do people you know buy what happened on um, Thursday night? Because I was talking to I was talking to Joe Holka on Monday, and I said that had that game been on the Sunday slate, so had that Rams game been on the Sunday slate, I think Robert Woods would have legit been like 3% owned. I think people would have looked at the month of the season and been like, you know what, Robert Woods, he's dust, it's over. Because he had also been in people's cash game lineups the week before and had done nothing. Yeah. So I, I, I think that... I think that we got a little bit unlucky in, in that regards, but I mean, he also now is priced up. What do you, what do you think ends up happening? Yeah. I don't think his price is high enough because like 6k is still like the old school Robert Woods price for like the old school Robert right. Woods role. And we had talked that every time we talked about cup and woods, like even if cup has clearly passed woods or is clearly Stafford's preferred target, like woods was always going to be like a 23 to 25% target share guy. And at that price in this matchup with a 28 point team total, like he's, he's going to pop in any projection system that's out there. So I do think we did run bad. If people were back down projecting him at like 20% target share, you know, um, probably didn't get there. Um, but yeah, this week, I think enough's happened that he'll be owned. Yeah. Uh, and then I guess the, the other interesting guy would be Higby at 4,400. Seems like he's, been forgotten about i think his target share is only down at like 12 percent or whatever but my thought would be probably we get a max of one deshaun jackson bomb in this game so maybe maybe like maybe against the seahawks we're more likely to see van jefferson and deshaun jackson and then maybe in like a a game where they want to run 45 times or whatever maybe we see more higby that that is um that is all narrative based and not it's not a data-driven take at all yeah, like Higby, I'm fine if you're if you want to stack Stafford up with one of Cup Woods and include a second player in the stack. I'm fine with Higby. I'm fine with Van Jefferson, who, you know, is getting the deep shots as well. Like he's getting like two to one snap share on Deshaun Jackson, and they're both getting targeted deep. Fine stacking either of Higby or Van Jefferson to diversify your Stafford stacks, but I don't like 
them as one-offs. Yeah. All right. Green Bay Packers at the Chicago Bears. Literally don't think a single bear is playable. I mean, maybe maybe Damian Williams if they don't trust Khalil Herbert as like the, the passing down guy or whatever because he gave up a bunch of snaps to Khalil Herbert last week that I don't think he, he will this time. But we have, of course, Devontae Adams with like, I mean, Devontae Adams, dude. He's got like a 43% target share on the year or whatever. Um, not really that into playing Rodgers at, at this point, I don't think. And then... I don't know. Aaron Jones got there with a long run in overtime last week, but, but Aaron, AJ Dillon is like a real thorn in his side at this point. Yeah, he's definitely, he's definitely being utilized. I think AJ Dillon had a touchdown catch as well. Um, But I feel like the fact that both are being utilized in the passing game so much with MVS out keeps them and keeps like Aaron Jones with like a reasonable floor not the same matchup for them. Definitely not the same game environment that they had against the Bengals when that game ended up going back and forth, but it, it's just hard like to look anywhere on the Packers, except for Devonta Adams. Like you said, like his target share the last four weeks, it's 43%, 38% on the year. He's still just getting the like goal line one yard looks for like the touchdown catches as well. It, I don't know. It, we'll see where the ownership shakes out on him, but even at where he was last week, that he was a considerably better play than Derrick Henry. We don't really have a, a Derrick Henry, I don't think, this week at the running back position because I think people will be a little bit gun-shy on Christian McCaffrey in his first game back. But, um, yeah, I think paying up for, like, Devonta Adams, Terry Kill, over paying up for, like, Austin Eckler, Dalvin Cook, or Aaron Jones is definitely optimal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that I think that seems about right. Um, I mean, do you want to play any any Bears? Do you have any Col- – Cole Komet, I don't know, anybody here? Um, yeah, it's tough. And they're, they're just not letting Justin Fields run at all. So and they're not running any plays. They're, they're running like he's maxed fields is maxed out at 20 pass attempts. Yeah. So it's, it's really thin like Darnell Mooney, maybe. Cause like he's seeing similar volume to Allen Robinson, a little bit higher depth of target. His price is 4,300. So if you're looking for a pivot off of like the me call Hardman type play, he's in that same price range. But it's all thin until until we see anything. It's pretty thin. Yeah. Um, all right. Next one. Well, could that's actually could be interesting. The Minnesota Vikings at the Carolina Panthers. So right now, I'm projecting Dalvin Cook not to play. I'm uh, Madison is 6200. Of course, Dalvin Cook could play, but I don't know. I mean, this it, this ankle injury is like he looks terrible in that game. He came back and he played 49 percent of the snaps. Madison well didn't Madison fumble at the end of this last game so I think maybe I don't I, I don't remember um but I mean Madison has been crushing he's got like 30 DraftKings or 30 DraftKings points in, in his two starts he's been yeah. amazing well it's always like, crazy it's like when you get this situation it was like Madison projected better than Dalvin Cook did when we had them both active because it went from a situation where like Madison may have ate into cook's workload to nobody eating into Madison's workload. So we actually had like a higher projection of Madison than we would have on Dallin cook. And um, I think that's going to be the same situation. Like we've got Madison, his ceiling projection is 30 fantasy points, 6,200. It would be a jam. Um, So if cook's inactive, Madison again is going to be one of the best running back plays in the slate. If cook's active, I think Madison like it's, it's almost the same as a mixing situation. If cook's practicing in full all week, I think they just turn things back over to cook, but 
if Cook's limited throughout the course of the week, even if he's active, I think Madison's still going to steal like 30% of the carries because he's been pretty productive. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I am definitely rooting for, I am definitely rooting for um, Dalvin Cook to not play here. Cause I, I, my, my sense would be that Madison would still be chalk, but not as chalky as I think he should be. Cause I just think he's so, so locked and loaded, like for yeah. these insane performances. I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, he ended up what, like 50% in a lot of contests last week at the $5,500 price. His price is not that much higher than that. So I still think you'd see like 30%, but I, I, we have him like RB3 or RB4 on the slate, I think. Yeah. Uh, Justin Jefferson, I think, is going to be a pretty interesting pivot. We've seen Adam Thielen's target share decline over time as the seasons went on. We're seeing Jefferson priced up in the same range as some of these other wide receivers that are in elite game spots. And I, I don't think Jefferson's going to get the same level of attention or respect from the field. And so I think he's one of these wide receivers that can break the slate by himself. That is going to be four or 5% owned. We saw it last week with Mike Evans, Mike Williams, like buying on some of those spots is a pretty good opportunity. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm with that. Christian All right. McCaffrey. Like, what do you, what do you have Christian McCaffrey coming back? Like, it sounds like he's more likely to play than not to play. Do you think he gets thrust back yeah, in? I've got him. Go? I've actually got him for a little bit less. I gave him scale back a little bit. I gave him 65% of the carries and 18% of the targets like that. That's basically Chuba gets like a drive to himself, um, which weirdly enough, I give Chuba uh, almost a, for a full workload two weeks ago. He dusts off. Then I move Rodney Smith and Royce Freeman in. And then he smashes last week. I think he, he had like 140 yards played like 75% of the snaps. So I mean, yeah, well, it's all game script, right? Like they, they right. were playing from ahead. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you know, whatever. I, 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 it's actually interesting. I wonder if this ends up being one of the slates where McCaffrey is actually kind of his lowest ownership and projected because, oh, you know, we don't know. My yeah. probably that he just gets his normal touches though. Like, probably, like I would say on the balance of probability, it's like, 65% that he just is Christian McCaffrey and he just gets his normal stuff. Yeah. yeah. I'm kind of curious to see this game as well. I'm curious to see if he impacts the, the total at all. Like I was a little surprised that like we've got Carolina as one point home underdogs right now. That number surprised me a, a little bit. Um, so we'll, we'll see if like McCaffrey's status changes things at all. Can a running back move a point? Though? Yeah. Uh, no, Def- definitely, definitely not. Um, DJ Moore, I mean, same same role as last week, but just like doesn't doesn't get there basically. Um, you know, doesn't score a touchdown, doesn't get the hundred yard bonus. I, I think he he looks like a buy this week. The Vikings defense has been really brutal. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right. Arizona Cardinals at the Cleveland Browns. Uh this this game could get a little bit popular, probably. Uh because the the Browns have they, they, I mean, they just played that huge shootout game last week. Uh, o- Odell, very, very cheap. Now, uh, what is he sitting at? 5,100. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Never never thought I'd see the day. Odell Beckham, no Jarvis Landry, 5,100. Uh, I don't know. I mean, the, the Browns passing game, I guess they – so they, they play in that crazy shootout last week, and the only guy to get there was Njoku. Yeah, I chubbed to some degree, right? 
Oh, well, I mean, both of the running backs, both of the running backs got there, but I don't know. It just feels like those guys are just always like 5% plays. You're not really like playing them as like part of game stacks. I, maybe that's a leak. I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, I think some of the, the game stacks I got there last week were Herbert double stacks with Chubb. Um, but definitely not something I generally do either. Like, I think Chubb was probably a good buy. Like, I probably bought him like week three, week four when he was in the 5% ownership spot. And I just felt like the matchup wasn't going to be great last week. Their team total was lower on the road. And so it didn't end up getting over the field on him, which I, I do think it ended up being a mistake. But yeah, like, even in that crazy game script, they still only threw the ball 32 times. So it's, it's just like hard to see volume out of like the, the wide receivers and tight ends. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess Njoku like, is playable, right? Like, if To be you're, honest, you're... like this game is the same, like it's, it's not the same game environment versus the Chargers, but it's like the same game as last week, just because it's not going to be yeah. popular. Chubb is still not going to pop in projection systems. Like people aren't game log chasing the way that they used to. And then it's going to be one of the lowest ownerships you get on Kyler Murray the entire season as well, because you've got Lamar in a better game stack environment. You've got Mahomes, who's more easy to correlate it's hard to pick and choose who to stack Kyler with between, you know, Chase Edmonds, all four of the wide receivers. They did lose Max Williams. So that'll concentrate things a little bit, but like nobody's going to stack Kyler double stacks. Nobody's going to play Brown's skill position players either. So at like a, I don't know, a 50 point total game with no ownership seems like a good Millie maker type play. Yeah. I mean, man, I really wish I really like, uh Kyler double stacks just project like shit like you know we just have because we if have the run, target share so spread out I mean if you run on the ceiling more, like well the, sure yeah yeah run them on the ceiling like yeah it's it's the double stacks is it's for sure hard but it it would not be surprising at all if one of Christian Kirk AJ Green Rondo Moore cracked 20 fantasy points um and their their price if they do crack 20 fantasy points makes it pretty likely they end up in an optimal lineup yeah yeah well, I mean, I, I think it's good, but I am more attracted to the Ravens Chargers game. Oh, so I for don't sure. Know. This is like yeah. not, I can't see myself building around this in three max, but I bet like sharper, more aggressive players will. Yeah. Um, all right. Raiders, Broncos, literally no interest in any player in this game. Maybe, maybe Sutton, maybe Sutton, because uh, he, he has like a real alpha role in this offense he is priced up at 6200 but his target share his air yards uh it's all looks like a, a real wide receiver one i mean noah fant plays 97 percent of the snaps last week albert akui boonham's out judy's out and he gets like three targets <laughs> it's just not great yeah i mean sudden like with the injuries that they have at the wide receiver position with, like, with Handler and Judy out, like sudden seen 28% of targets the last four weeks, 31% last week. So 6,200, it's, it's a better game spot for them than it has been the past couple of weeks. And I do think sudden should be in consideration. Uh, probably the only Bronco that will end up making rosters, maybe like fan and MME, but I think sudden is the only guy I would consider in a format besides that. Yeah. Um, all right. And then Josh I Jacobs. actually, what do you, what do you like? He's 5,900. It's, he's it's seeing his role the... is real. His, the role is, is real. They are, uh, they, for whatever reason, they are overusing Kenyon Drake. Um, so yeah, the, J- Josh Jacobs is, uh, I, he is a fine play in, in 
uh, MME and and I think you could even get away with him in single entry through next because they're even targeting him a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think you could with the the slate right now. Like it's just like Henderson is definitely a better play than than he is, and if you got Madison there, he's a better play. I like Swift, I like better. So there are definitely guys I like better, but I do think Jacobs should at least be in the conversation. Yeah. So a couple of questions here that are actually interesting in the later game. Like, just like, is it real that the Cowboys offense, like, are they, are they really just this, this ground and pound team where Dak is going to throw 28 times? I guess he got to 32 passing attempts last week, but this is the the first week where CD and Amari have not been like in every optimal, like you, you go run, you go run 150 vanilla optimals. Like they're, they're in some of them, but the, I mean, we, we, we just have a, a low volume projection for this offense relative to what you would expect because the Cowboys defense has been too good. They just have been, they've been too good. They're, they're ruining everything for us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree there. I, like, I, I think Zeke, if he scores two touchdowns could potentially get there. Um, but they have been pretty rush heavy. The Patriots haven't been playing super aggressive. I guess on the new England side, there's questions as to whether or not Damian Harris would be active. Or inactive. I think if he is inactive, there's at least some interest in Ramondre Stevenson, who could play the Damian Harris role at 4,500, but lose all the passing work to Brandon Bolden. Um, but I, in general, I think I think he is actually super. I think Ramondre is super sneaky if Damian doesn't play because they'll make what they'll do is they'll make JJ Taylor active, obviously, and you know the way we'll project it, the way everyone will project it, will be like 45% market share rush for Ramondre you know, uh, 15% for bold and 10% for JJ Taylor or whatever. And then, but I mean, Ramondre could get like 22 carries here for, for sure. If it stays close for sure. Yeah. I don't know. That's all I got, it, man. The, uh, the NBA and NHL products are free over at daily Rotor this week. So if you guys are looking to get NHL action this week for the first time, if you are looking to try out our NBA product, we'll have projections, optimizer access, projected ownerships, all that good stuff up there for, for free, just go over to Daily Roto, click the free access button, and you can get um, get everything you want for basketball and hockey. There we go. All right, everyone, uh, we will be back uh, later this week, and uh, good luck. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.